Hey, we're starting um, today, and it's, of course it's Hanukkah. And Hanukkah, uh, we talked last week about how it's a Sudas Mitzvah, perhaps even we don't say Divrei Teir, according to Shittas Marshal, Mara Prague. Um, but Achas Kama Vakama, that it's definitely more in the spirit of what Hanukkah was about, uh, to speak Divrei Teir, to speak in Yanni the Yoyma about Hanukkah. So I just want to start today, uh, I want to start today to speak about dedication. Um, the the Rosh uh and again, I'm on a little bit of a time schedule here, but Rosh uh we would like to dedicate this year uh, for two things. To the Rafu Shalema of Yehuda Avram Ben Shifra. Uh, this is a, a wonderful person, a Mahzik Tayyar, an Oyev Tayyar, who uh, is a cousin of mine, uh, who has been laid back uh, by a number of very serious health situations for a number of years. Um, but he's always uh, been an extremely vibrant, sympathetic person, um, always supportive. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly in the spoil, um, the capacity that human beings, and especially our people have, to remain positive towards others, um, despite the sorrows that are going on in their lives. Um, I heard from a big Talmud Chochem that when we talk about the Arab Ovis Nazikin, one of the Ovis Nazikin is Borbushus Arabin. A person in his own life can be a Borbushus Arabin if he allows his pain and suffering and difficulties if he displays them towards everybody he sees when they call and they speak to him. It's a natural tendency to want to tell others about how you're suffering. Tommy Tommy Yikra, the Mitzayri says. But it's, in a way, it spreads the negativity. Uh, and as, even though we know, Yehud Avalom, uh, that things have been difficult for you, I, I, I constantly uh, marvel at your capacity of some uh, the way you uh, are connected to your Eidolach, and it's a Shemir Eidolach as well, I believe, and it's a very big uh, source of physics. You have many, many years and come back 100%. As a Bismedrish Bikvoroi, the Gemara says that the way you're, uh, the way that you have it, someone like Chizkiyahu, who, who was not only a, a great Talmud uh, Chokham, but also a Melech, a Manig, a Lachanich, Chizkiyahu, who was really as Mashiach. So the Gemara says that the way they, uh, really honored Chizkiyo was by being mindmed of his medrashal kvodah. And that doesn't mean that we go to the cemetery and we set up a yeshiva there. But it means, instead of necessarily, you know, crying over the loss, but actually recognizing what that loss makes us need to do, which is to, to be involved in Limeratera, Uyuid Dishmosai. So despite the tzavo of Rafteinman and Rafteinman, the way he said, don't don't make an atzeres and call it it's a husband. In other words, don't say you're having a kinus of his He says, Hashemus, if you looked in the tzavo, he wrote very clearly with his usual way of puncturing uh, and looking through things. He's saying, don't call it an atzeres of juva, don't call it a sayuris. Shemus, Asher, Bleidim, these new names. A husband is a husband. We're not going to be masked or shteyman. But we are going to try to dedicate the learning. And as you can see, the Pusik that I quoted here, this is the name of his say, the, what he was known as Ka'ayo Tarega Afike Mayim. 
just like the Ayal, Kain, Nafshi, Tarek, Elachalikim, any, again, if you read about Rav Steinman and the type of Yiras Hashem and Avas Hashem he had, how that was something that was a constant with him. I think that Posik is that Posik that is the Kayo Tarek is, was, was the Posik I think he chose for himself possibly. But it's definitely the Posik that, that in a way is very reflective of him. Okay, so we've got, uh, I'm running out of time because I wanted to divide the shear, as you can see, uh, in eighths. But I didn't. I, I knew that I had about 25 minutes I wanted for one and 35 for the other. So when I did the math, three quarter, three fifths, seven eighths is the first year. It's going to be something called outglassed. Um, we all know. I guess we all saw this. Those of us who studied in Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael uh, saw that the minig is to light bachutz uh, and to light with a very elaborate, beautiful Hanukkiyot and. Should, can we bring this here? Again, the Nesa Pach Hashemen, which um, you know, shares the building here with the Nesa Mokoma today. So let's talk about that. Um, I have seen, again, I have to tell you, I have seen people lighting paputs here in the United States, and I have seen them basically using the... Uh, the, the, the boxes? What? The boxes? The boxes. Uh, so we, we don't have a huge ilum here, but have you seen the... Just yes, the, we do. <laughs> yes, yes we do. Yes, do. but I'm saying so. We can. Uh, have you seen this minic happen here? Have you seen it happen? No, you haven't seen it. No. No. you haven't seen. You haven't seen it happen here. Um, yes, there are people who do so. And, and the question is, of course, why not? So, especially if you take a look again at the uh, you know, the sources. So let me just take a look at the the source here, um, if you don't mind. Um, I think uh, let's take a look here. No, not that one. <laughs> Is it this one? Okay, so here we go. So take a look, if you don't mind, uh, at the Gemara. So the Gemara says, it's the Gemara in Shabbos. I hope everybody can see it. I'm just, I'm, I'm without doubt, I hope everybody can see it all right. Um, all right. Um, Okay, so obviously this is the mitzvah. This is the Gemara and Shabbos on the Chafal from the base. Mitzvot Mishetishka Achamach Tichol Regel Menashuk. That's a brisa. Um, it's actually found in the Megillas Tainus, which we mentioned last week. You might remember a couple weeks ago. Mishetishka Achamach Tichol Regel Menashuk. That's the shir from sunset. And again, what is sunset? That's a big mafleikus. Which sunset we're talking about? But it, clearly, it says till Achetichol Regel Menashuk, right? Till people are no longer. Around and about in the in the marketplace, uh, and again, you have to understand. Although this was an agrarian society, there the shuk the, you still needed a shuk for stuff that you needed at the end of the day. So the Gemara says, "My love, the other It sounds like that even if it goes out, as long as you're within that time period, you have to relight. In other words, if you light the way it should be lit, even though it goes out. Cups, as we know, the very first sugya and Shabbos, if it goes out, if it gets extinguished, you don't need to really get involved again. Ain't no zokik love. But this is the, the time that you need to light. In other words, if you didn't do it exactly when you should in the very beginning, you have the shear of tichlo regel menashuk to light. Inami, the Gemara, is the second answer, it was shiure, meaning it might have, it, maybe it'll go out, but you have to put enough into the shemen, enough shemen, enough, enough fuel into your menorah that it will last. So, okay. So that's two Lashonas in the Gemara. Um, but both of them are, are based on the fact 
that when you light, it has to be able to burn. It has to be able to be sustained. Okay, but how long do you have? So Amr Rabba Barab Khan Amr Yechanan Ad the Kal Yeraglei the Tarmudoi. Okay, who were the Tarmudians? Again, they were merchants, sellers, gypsies. I, I can't tell you who they were exactly. But as Rashi points out, that they were the ones that were ready to help people on their way back from the fields. Hey, you need some fuel for tonight? Hey, did you run out? It's almost like, let's say, the corner bodega or the 7-Eleven, the Tarmudoyim. They had stuff ready for someone to take, you know, like you, know, you wouldn't do your big shopping with the Tarmudoyim. But every little house, hey, can you run around the corner and get me something? We ran out of sugar. The time we're doing with the ones that would be supplying that. The convenience store. Right. And when they leave, when they leave, why do they leave? Because they have the inherent understanding of every merchant. Hey, this ain't a good spot anymore. Everybody's asleep. Everybody's finished. So Ragla Tarmudoy is sort of like a in-between period between I'm coming home from work and I'm getting settled, and they know people are still up, and they're still sort of around. So that's that period, that, that amazing period between coming back from work and shutting the shutters on the house. That's the period we're talking about. Okay, uh, the Roshonim and the Postum say that this is a Chatzin Shor. Um, however, look at this other price. You have to put it outside. And everybody has the uh, luxury of being right by the outside. Certain people, again, you know, they pay a little bit of a higher, a less of a, of a rental, and they live upstairs. This is the this is the key term. You leave it on your table, and that's enough. Said so Rava said clearly Rava. Even though Rava lived three or four generations at least after this price, and maybe even six or seven generations later, if this price is from Miguel Tainus, so Rava was still in Bobel, despite all the freedom Rava had. Rava said, you know, since it's in your house now, it's not outside. So you see clear that in the time of the Amarayim, they didn't light outside. They lit inside. And that's why Rav said a special halacha is now appropriate. Because how do I know that's not your lamp? How do I know that's not your candelabra? How do I know that's not what you have just in order? How do I know it's not? What makes it an Ir Hanukkah? So you need it to expend the money of having a second light. And this is your Hanukkah. So basically, we're not talking about huge villas that people lived in. We're not talking about big living rooms and family rooms. Basically, they lived very very, you know, simple way. So this would be one thing that looked like a menorah, and this was another thing that looked like a menorah. You have to have two? Okay. So, um, now, then you have the famous, this is from Megillus Linus itself, I mentioned this last week, of course, uh, from the Rambam. Um, okay. Just I want to show you here, um, okay. Right, the Rashi, Okay. What was the Sakana? So, in other words, so Lachara, you see from here that at least in the time of the Gemara, they were lighting inside. So we're continuing the way things were. Something happened, something changed. What was the Sakana, though? Let's see if Rashi says. Okay. Hmm. So, this was an interesting thing that Rashi came up with because the Brisa is. Rashi has sort of conflated a couple of things. Um, Rashi knows the Gemaras in Avedazar and other places uh, in Shabbos that talk about the fact that the neo-Sassanians 
were quite uh, extreme in their religious beliefs. In other words, they were like, remember when Ayatollah Khomeini came, Khomeini came back? Okay, before Ayatollah, who ruled the uh, who ruled Iran? Shah. Shah. The Shah was famous for being a jet setter. If you remember, the Shah was like a, like a, like a Jackie O type of figure. You know, he was running around, he was like rich, wealthy, Shah. So even though it's true, right, that he was a Muslim, but he was like an enlightened Muslim enjoying himself, very secular, right? Afterwards, what happened was, was the, 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 when the Ayatollahs came in, they said, hey, we can't become so secular. What's happening to us? Let's go back to our roots. And the Shah was exiled, and they came back. There was a, they were Bali Chuba, right? They came back to what was their, what they felt was the pure religion. A similar, I, I tell you this, not just, they went for, back us, to orthodoxy. Not just for us to remember the 70s. It never like that. They went back to orthodoxy oh, from reform. Oh, so that's what they imagined. Oh, so that's right, Eric. But, but did, they went back to the sources. That's what happened with the neo assassins There was a time that in Bobel and Parthia, the Americans, they, they had become a lot very liberal. And then all of a sudden, they were called the Chavroi have come back, the Ayatollahs have come back, the Mullahs have come back. And then they started going back to the Zoroastrian texts and saying, there can't be any fires, and the Jews can't have fires in their house, because a fire is something super holy. It was a whole, uh, uh, and that was, religious persecution was based on that, and Mark talks about it. And what was, we think, a little show, Rashi quotes from the Mark Gittin, so they had this uh, uh, rule that how dare you have a fire anywhere else? Fires are a symbol of, of purification. It can only be done, right? It's such a powerful energy source. It can only be with us. In the base of the resort. In the base of the resort. So therefore, they would search out and people have to secretly do stuff. So if you had a fire, so basically what could they, you could be called in for a violation of religious of the religious rules. Okay, so that's Rashi figured. What else could be the Sakona? Rashi, the Gemara doesn't say it. The problem with Rashi's interpretation is that if the, if the source for this is a Braisa in the Megillus Tainus, which, again, if it's as old as I was implying last week, it's definitely before the neo Sassanids. So what Sakana or Rashi is saying, well, there may be that Sakana's other times. And Rashi made a very specific Sakana. So the, the, the advantage of this Rashi, though I don't think it's historically jives with the original source, the advantage of this Rashi is that we can say, hmm, well, come on, that's not a problem anymore, right? Shas Sakon, it's not, it isn't just, oh, Goyim hates when Jews go out there and show their business, right? It was a very specific thing. It's not that they, it's not that they minded if we walked around in Bekishes and Strymals and, you know, and, and danced on Purim. It's like what we were doing was, uh-huh, you're, you're showing fire, Right? And what's interesting is, is that somehow it aligns up to Hanukkah. In other words, not every day was their holiday, right? They didn't have a, a, they didn't have a holiday every day, but it sounds like Excellent. something like that is going on. It sounds like this is it's Rashi's Hamso. I mean, Rashi is Rabin Shalis But I'm just pointing out that you have to say that this, because obviously the neo assassins could not stop people they, didn't, they, they couldn't put people in the ice age and say you can't have any fires anywhere but what, you can't cook that would be insane 
But what they could say is there are certain days that when it's our, when the moon is at the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, when that occurs, so when that happens, so then the fire's going to be by us. That's the day that, and it happened to be, that would, Rashi's telling us that that came together with Hanukkah. So what, what, what this Rashi helps us with is that it allows us to say, okay, well, as this man said, you know, you know that, that Avodah is gone, we don't have to worry. Another approach, of course, would be that it's not about Sakana, so let's take a look here. Uh, I just want to show you from the other Rishon in there, that... It could have been a general Sakana. Right. Um... Yeah, I'm sure you got the. Uh, listen. I make my references not too obscure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's why Torah anytime hasn't picked me up yet. They say if we can edit you out, we'd be okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm saying it. I'm imagining what they say. What they didn't say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, but uh, okay. So let me take a look here at the uh, at the other Rishonim in terms of what the Sakana is. So let's take a look here. So the Ritva, if you take a look, says something different. Christian country. 
But again, it was founded by deists who were Christians, and etc. I mean, people, you 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 hear about this backlash. We're all for religious freedom, but come on, put Christmas back in Christmas, right? So there is a sense of right, put Christ back in Christmas. You hear you hear that, and that's Ava. That's Ava. And that you have even today. This idea of, come on, listen, I'm happy to take Jews in. I'm happy they could be over here. But do you have to put it front and center? Do you have to be so pushy? Do you have to like put it like in front of you? Come on, do we have to hear it like front and center? There's got to be a Hanukkah episode of Will and Grace too. I'm saying, what do we need? Like, do we need everything? It's got to be Hanukkah. So that to me, again, is, and, and that's Sarah Eva, come over with Sarkas. Like it is in France. So it's not about the Persians, it's about the fact that there's a sense of, uh, of Ava. Now, again, who knows where that Ava could go? But you have to be careful. Okay, Rashi says, the Hainu, the Mayor Parsi, nobody can lie that there should lies be every Jewish Ava, you know, some big But so, in other words, the Ritzvah tries to help Rashi out. He says, Rashi is just giving you a dogma Ladover, but we all have modern dogmas Ladover as well. So, so Rashi is not as specific. Rick was saying Rashi is not as specific as you right, make him out. That's right. Right. Yeah. And he says the Gemara says in Gitin that people would come to the house, that the Chagro would come and knock on the door. The priest would come. The the, the, the Riman would come. The the Magus would come, and he'd say, "You got a light on. I'm taking it." So therefore, Lepiko Chayoimer Meiriara. So the Ritzvos ready was uh, the ritual by the Rabbah, Rabbah and Alevi of Arsalon. So the ritual says, So he says, even though, again, he thought they were living well where he was, the ritual was in Spain. So the ritual says, yeah, in France, that's where they got trouble. That's where they got Ava. No, he says, where we live, it's okay. He says, but my Rebbe said, well, even if it's a little bit, the wind is blowing. So that's another reason. So these are the two reasons, okay? And the truth is, the Ritvos Rebbe was on to something. Because Lachora, the same way if you don't have enough oil, it's going to get extinguished. The same thing is true that if you light it outside, and it's going to keep on, it's going to become extinguished there, and you don't think it's going to last. So that's that's like setting yourself up for failure. So there's really two reasons. So you have the takana and that. Okay. So um, so basically, this. If you take a look in Shulchan Aruch, let's take a look here. Um, let's see if I, get here. Uh, I sent two, right? Because <laughs> one of them was bounced back saying he sent too much material, so I had to go back and put this one. No, I don't think I got the email. And get the email? That's why I didn't try. I didn't just send my calendar. Okay, check it. It could be there was so much, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, the the at NORAD. They're saying there's somebody in uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, who's, who's <laughs> sending so much stuff. Uh, email knows so it's spam, a lot. Spamming the world. I know that you have Google Drive, so you could just set up a folder on Google Drive and send us a link. Yes, I did. I have done that in the past. Here. Take a look at uh, the Shulchan Aruch itself. The Shulchan Aruch says, Manichal Pesach Basamach Roshus Harabim. Okay, this is Beis Yosef writing, hundreds of years after Rashi. And then he says, and what does he say the Shulchan Aruch says? He says, okay, um, put it in the window, and this he says, um, 
So he says it isn't just Tsar Evil like the Ritual says. Sakana is what we're talking about. You can't fulfill the Mitzvah. So the Shohanara starts with the normal. He wasn't writing, he wasn't like the Rambam that was writing for a messianic age. The Rambam was writing the book that he felt would still be used after his death. And I think he, I think he's right. People when the when the Mashiach comes, the, the Rambam's not going to go under the table. People will still use the Rambam as the Messian, the book that will give us how we have to live our lives. But Yosef knew he was writing a book for a specific period he was living, and I mentioned the Yosef last week. So the Yosef says he says Mashiach's not going. So you can't fulfill the mitzvah. So is that what we're talking about? So take a look here at the Munkat Sherebit of Chaim Shapira, who was uh, one of the staunch, staunchest anti-Zionists that ever lived. Um, and let's take a look. But he was a tremendous guy. Um, so let's take a look here at his points here. He says, I don't understand what's going on in Halacha. Take a look. Um, let me make it, should I make it a little bit larger? Am I ready to see that? Okay. Why aren't we fulfilling this mitzvah? And the truth is, the Rabbi Machaber says it's a Shah Sakana. It's only because of Sakana you put it inside. Haloi, the Ezra Hashem is Barach. This he was writing in 1920. Wow. Wow. There's no Sakana anymore. Let's go back. And even the Ramah says, I, the Ramah, writes, Bismana Zek, Kulon Matlikin Bishnev. In other words, the Ramah lived in Krakow. He says, and that was again, he says, everybody's lighting inside. That's why the Ramah says, and we are all saying on that, that you can light at night. You can light when you get home. You can light for the family. You don't have to worry if there's people outside on the streets, right? I lived last night at 10 o'clock, because I had to, I actually a little bit later, because I had to give two tafyoyim shiurim, and then I had to go to the nursing home. And when I got there, my wife said, when I came home, I said, can you go down, come downstairs? I want to make a bracha. Oh, she was already uh, exhausted. I felt very bad. But I was saying on the fact that when we, since we light bifnim, we light for the bnei beisoy, you can light with the bracha. So the Ramon writes that. So he says, miu bisman azeh shekulonu madrikin bifnim. He says, what's that's the Ramon says in a kosher tuva halgufa lama kulonu madrikin bifnim. Why is everybody lighting inside? Why do we go back to Chazal? Now, Ulai Boya also owed the Krakow, his man, Couldn't be the Christians in the Ramos' time, Hapiroyim, the wild Christian Cossacks, Shaluyaku is a Yehudim, Pikinosam, Aldosam, because they, again, this is what I was describing before in a more genteel way. If they're going to go against the Jews, here we are writing it in the streets. But we know what it was like in our history. We know that we had difficult periods. He says, it's not so much better. Than it's different now. 
Hain binyoni aminus vazerus v'chisor nacharnosa. So he says, even though now it's not it's not a, a, a nirvana, he says we, we we have a problem with with, with, with secularism. We have a problem with uh, atheism. We have a problem with, with <coughs> taking away our jobs. But it's not like it was then in the time of the Ramah. Mikomakom, he says, if you can definitely do it, uh, and Lakewood, Muncie, uh, places here, right, that are enclaves, why shouldn't you do it? How's putting it in the window any different? Because it's not really a piercing to Rishus In other words, it's got to be. It's true, they see it, but again, you know, part of it is saying we're out there, and you know, part of it is saying that 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 that, that, that it's. You're asking the questions of it. You're saying, okay, listen, you know, uh, I don't have to go all the way outside. Now you're right. There might be make you know, David's question stronger. Sometimes the window you see it better than having it on the little porch. I was just going to say that, especially right. if you're driving by. Right. In other words, if a person has it in a in a in a glass container outside on the porch, it could be blocked by by a bush or by something. You have it in the window. Most people are putting it in a window in a prominent spot, making sure that everybody can see it as far away as they can, especially if you're driving. More than it would be outside of yes. the window. Yes. People, people putting outside their door. Most people's porches have like pillars or railings or uh, or, or bushes. Also, Absolutely. Especially for walking by. Uh, except if you're talking about Shabbos, I don't know anyone who walks anywhere. Especially if it's like a block away or two blocks away, they always drive. They, they, it's impossible to walk anywhere. So if you're talking about reality, they're looking from their cars. They're not looking from the street level. And Okay, so that means it's a little bit elevated because most homes have a little elevation until you get up to your house. Those are good points. Um, he says here, the, 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 he says here that his his grandfather was the famous Bnei Yisosfer. That was the grandfather of the... Uh, of the Mukacha. So he says, I know that he had a lantern. Shokesaf Imzachuskis, Midalid Sidelo. In other words, there was four four sides. And inside that lantern that was glass, there was a menorah of a Hadid near Shokhanka. He didn't use it. When am I going to use it? The Mayasmasra said, the ace biasko yotzedek The Mashiach, this is my Mashiach's, this is my Mashiach's, uh, um, and like the Rahman says, in the beginning, the Mosa Mashiach is going to be basically similar to what we have today, so I'm going to have my thing ready. The Yesh Shash. And then he gets to the other problem, that of course, that the, the, the wind could blow it out. So therefore, he used to put he made this lantern that could protect it. So then he, very sadly, the, the Munkatra says, he went to his son, I guess it was his great-grandfather, my grandfather, Elazar, the Obahakakach uh, Migna, that was stolen. So in other words, even though he had this Mashiach's menorah, the Bnei Soscher's son yarshed it, and then it was stolen, and then it broke. And whoever they found it was broken. So, what do you see? He says, I'll call upon him. He was known to be an incredible, careful, meticulous person in a- acting on mitzvahs, especially by Nir Hanukkah, which is one of his favorite. If you take a look at the Sefer Bnei Soskar, how much there's stuff in there Hanukkah. So, he, if anybody was the Hanukkah man, it was him. 
he could have used that keli. So, what's the reason? So basically, he really, um, then he says here, he says, now, the beginning of the 20th century, he says, he says uh, first of all, he says, right, the same that we have showed in the good outside. And he says, he says, I hear that in Eretz HaKodesh, many people are being mad like the original mitzvah. Um, so, he really doesn't have much of an answer, but he's definitely pushing for it. Uh, but, what can you do? Okay. Uh, I want to move on to the... I, I just want to tell you that Rebbe Yashiv, Zatzal, uh, also discusses this. And the Rebbe of Tel Aviv, Rebbe Arenberg, uh, wrote a tshuva, um, a very long one, and saying, hey, once a gzera comes up, you can't go back to the way things were. In other words, gzera, meaning... We can't light the way we originally did. We have to light in a different way. So even though the gzera goes away, once the, that's the way halacha works. Once the cancellation occurs, you need to re. You can't just say let's up things back because there's no longer a gzera. And he proves it. Rav Ironberg proves it from the Gemara Ksuvis that talks about even though what's, everybody knows the first mission Ksuvis, Basul and Mrs. right? A virgin gets married. On Wednesday night, but as we know, what happened when the uh, when the authorities got got a whiff of what was happening, so they ended up uh, showing up there and saying, "No, no, those virgins have to come to us first. That's part of their of our holy religion is that we need to uh, to have first crack." So then they they changed that. So Lachora, now that that zayir is not there, we should go back. and and get married at that time. So Rav Harenberg uh, says, you see, that that didn't happen. Once Xera occurred and we said, women, don't get married on Wednesday nights, so even though the Xera is no longer relevant, we, we specifically get married, we actually, they don't get married on Wednesday night, specifically Rav Sulis, maybe they, they can't. They didn't undo the Xera. What? They didn't undo the Xera. The Xera was once an egg and the Chachamim were silent on it. They let people. That's right. Uh, that's right, but you see that they 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 basically did not push for the reinstitution. Rabbi Yashiv says that it's not comparable, and Rabbi Yashiv says, "Listen, I know." He says, "Any you should really like Bahuts if you can." Eric, and uh, you're pointing out a good thing. You think it's actually going to be, and David is saying it's going to be more of a piercing. But there seems to be something but, about. But yeah, remember, there seems to be something about. I'm not. I'm not scared. I'm not in my house doing because my house is my castle. In other words, this is an extension of my home. In other words, I'm bringing the values of my home and what my home is about on the street and and planting that flag there. People plant the flag outside, right? They let the flag wave, right? Outside, yes, I'm 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 pushing borders of what I'm about. Wires on utility poles. So, right. But, but the point is, I think inside the house, you try. Look, they got a they got a ninety each a ninety foot flat screen over there. Yeah. Also in the house, you put it outside. You basically are saying, "This is me towards you," not just "This is me in my house." This is me towards what you are. In other words, I'm a member of the community. But hey, look what I got flying on my house. I got a flag outside because I'm about patriotism. 
The same way, I think that was the idea of, of putting it outside. Okay. But so, you have to remember, Rebel Yashiv is the. An Alti Yashalmi. Is a post that there is Right. 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 But again, so Rav Sternbach and others say, again, Rav Miller says, uh, like, uh, like the Mukachers, uh, that you can't, Rav Miller in Toronto, Paskin, that we can't go back. That, that, we, that we can't, there's fire issues and other things like that, even though Nerds Israel, the, the What does that mean, can't go back? That we have to, we should still light on the end, light, light inside. So, oh, so, okay. So, 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 I just want to, according to those sheetas, according to those sheetas, if we, someone we, does light, Outside, yes. Are they outside or not? So, um, I would say yes. I think Rav Arenberg wonders whether you're really owed. Say, well, I'll show you Rav Arenberg in a second right now. Let me show you what he writes. Um, well, on Israel, it's no hate now. So, like, so here's Rav Arenberg. Of people outside. I have, so Rav Arenberg writes. Um, Um, he was the Rav in Tel Aviv. I think he came from Chutzlaretz. And he says, um, take a look at this. Mikan Anitoma. Take a look what he says here, uh, right there on the left. Mikan Anitoma, Mashurayisi, Balayis, Yerushalayi, Rakhaydesh. Shiyesh noigim shamadlikim ibachutz. Where did they get the right to change? Because we take a look, the Orzarua, even though we thought maybe should light outside, didn't do it. That's where Aaron He was a rough in Tel Aviv. This is Tel Aviv, everybody's lighting like they light in New York. People are lighting inside in their windows. By the door, he says. He says, "For any loymar, the shiny kachutzor." He says, "For any loymar, the shiny kachutzor should be yoshvim yisrael bein alumlois." Mashenir yisrael zeinoy. Shreigamim be'akad mainim should yoshvim yisrael be ghettos. Liyadalsos chonosei and ulos belayla. Liyopli yisrael asos berochadeim koma shiniru bein matriya. I guess in Italy and other places where basically the ghettos were closed and was only Jews in the ghettos, they still uh, lived inside. Um, if you change the side I'm lighting outside, so basically you're calling it, it's a very bad precedent. Uh, are you goats here or not? Probably, but again, he would say, Ain. Ruach, uh, and then he brings the Gemara Ksuvis, as I said. Rabbi Yashik feels that he, his comparison is not a comparison. I just want to show you just, uh, just the last words of Rabbi Yashik. Who is this? This is Rav Arenberg, who was the Rav in Tel Aviv. Now, I just want to show you what Rabbi Yashik writes there. Still alive? Um, no, no. I think he. Um, I just want to show you Rabbi Yashik. What he writes is. So the question is if somebody goes. So Hanukkah. Should he be knowing like like you know, like they're doing Eretz Yisrael? I would say yes. Uh, especially Pash, Pash, again, Pashas it sounds like yeah. Yeah, I mean again, I, I, I mentioned Rav Arenberg because <coughs> before, but I just want to show you the last thing of, of Rabbi Yashiv. He says, um, "Keep going to Hanukkah." That's another. That's another shot. <laughs> 
So he says, uh, so he actually says, when they have two so he actually says, when I saw the title of your tshuva about why you're modeling, as Mana said, outside, well, in other words, why should you in, why you don't modeling in Rishon Sarabim? He says, I figured, um, because you're from Golis, because you, 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 you lived in Golis and you lived in fear because and you had to like their Hanukkah in your house. Um, and why is it that many people in Tel Aviv kept on lighting inside? For Yashuk says, People, it's hard for people to change. Right. So they live in, in Europe. So, so the fathers, the grandfathers? Yeah. So he says, okay, I thought you were just going to be modest the minute. I figured that whatever you're going to say, this is what Rabbi Yashuk said to Rabbi I figure what you're going to say is, okay, let them keep their lighting on the inside. It's hard for them to change. You're going to say that the ones that are doing it, um, the people who do what the Shulchan Aruch says, the light outside, the ones are like, how can you even say that? So Rabbi Yashem says, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at this whole thing that you're writing. At the end, he actually says... But, spot, but, but he wrote that, that, that he's taken from Rav Arnberg's words that they're not guilty of their philosophy. Right. And he says, huh? Yeah. And then he clubs up Rav Arnberg on many levels. And... Uh, but then he says, at the end here, he says... Again, a lot of psukas lie outside. Now, the truth is, Chazal say, and I need to remember this a lot, the same way you're supposed to when you have a good audience, you have the type of the right person, you should say something that people will hear. When you know you're dealing with a person who probably won't accept it, it's better not to say anything. That's what he says, he, he, he implies that. <laughs> Sometimes you need to know what not to say. He says, I still wrote it to you anyway. Why? Maybe this new Hanukkah that's coming, after you read what I wrote, and you really are honest, maybe you'll think about it and change your mind, because I, 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 I believe in you. And when people see you, the Rav of Tel Aviv, doing that, then it's going to generate a schus. Therefore, I'm hoping I can change your mind, because you are a person of influence, and I hope I can get it. You see the Rav I think in Tel Aviv, they also light outside, or they light it. That's why I went back and changed the blurb whether it's the Shabi Minig or the Israeli Minig. But um, anyway. So people in Chutzlaritz so, who light outside? So again, Rav Arnberg would say that they write, right. that right. they're being Moitzi Laz and it's possible they're going against the Takona, etc. But um, circumstances change. Well, that's the question. Uh, Rav Sternbach, which, Rav Sternbach agrees to Rav Yashiv and says if you live in Ma... But again... I told you about Sog and Ash. I wasn't talking about Father Coughlin. I wasn't talking about, you know, I wasn't talking about, you know, uh, the, the Bund. The idea of Eva that the Ritva is talking about, I think is something that it rears its head constantly. Now, I want to go to, to Rav Steinman just for a minute. Um, okay, people who light by the window inside of the house, I'll be considered like Rav Armburg was against, or that's, that's actually inside or outside? 
Right, right by the window. So that's, what, that's another question. What do we get? The Ramos says, the Gemara says, put it on your table, right? Opposite the mezuzah. Right, yeah. So, what do you get by the window? So it's sort of like we're nishtahe nishtahe almost, right? Is it for the families? That's just really, you already see that tension. There are people that are saying, well, it's in the window, but it's for outside, but it's also for the inside, right? The chassidim don't like that way. Chassidim should cover light inside the house, on the other side of the door, right? On the mezuzah. Okay, I want to point out, uh, if you go back to the blurb just for a second, um, take a look at, did I get these psukim here? Can everybody see? Let me make it a little bit bigger. What's going on? Rav Steinman makes a very wonderful point, and it shows you when a Talmud Chacham looks at something, he looks at something in a different way. We all know the drama of the Parsha, right? Okay, everybody see the psukim here? Okay. Oh, Rav, COVID, that's right. It was, it was terrible. Okay, it got even worse. Right? They had finished eating the food that they had brought from Yosef the first time. The father said, You got to get some food. Ma'at Ochel. Rabbi Steinman says, by the way, they did much more than Ma'at because they had a big family. But when you're desperate, everything is a little. When, this, when, you're, when, when you realize that you might die, so it's like a little bit of food. So Yehuda said, Yehuda said, He's going to kill us, right? In other words, basically he threatened us. He said, I don't want to see your face unless you've got that kid with you. Right? So, send him. Send him and we'll get some food. Um, because if you don't, um, he's, right, he says, now. Um, so first Yaakov sort of like fetches a little bit. He says, well, why'd you have to tell him? Uh, and then he said, oh, we, we told him, okay. So then Yehuda said, look at Pasuk Ches. He says, We'll live, we won't die. Okay. What was Yaakov, didn't Yaakov understand that? That's her statement's question. Didn't Yaakov understand that Yehuda is saying, okay, you're right. Basically, this is a little bit of a dangerous situation. We don't know really what he wants. He could kill Benjamin. He could take Benjamin. He is a fickle person. He's powerful. He's threatening us with death. But staying here will kill us. Staying here is starvation. So we've got to take that chance. Um, so, and then Yehuda says, he says, he says, we can pray. So, um, Yaakov regret, you know, regretfully or whatever, with hesitation, says, okay. So Rashaiman wants to put this in perspective. I'll show you what he says. I thought it was brilliant, and I think it's relevant to Hanukkah as well. So Rashaiman's answer is, is great. Can I find it here? Uh, Rashaiman. Okay. So if you take a look, right there at the top. This is from his Sefer, Yelos HaShachar and Chumash. So look at Pasuk Ches. V'nich yevulay nomus 
Rashi Barov. So what is right? Rashi says we'll die from starvation. So so he says, they might kill the young. But Anu Kulanu Mason looked at the Shitaniach as Hasafek, the Titvas as Avadai. There's a Vadai death, and this is, right, it might be violent, it might be something, but it's a possibility that we can live a normal lifespan. So he says, Sarach Vir Rashtayman asked, didn't Yaakov think that? I mean, what's going on with him? And again, we have this idea of him of being so wracked by by uh, by grief that he doesn't think straight and that he's like this cantankerous man and right, he's not himself. But again, Rashtayman and others uh, come from a school that, that the reason why the Torah tells us this drama is for us to extract ideas and, and how we're supposed to act. Even though, so he says. Maybe you could say that Yaakov didn't think they were going to die. So, what, okay, we, we lose 50 pounds. Okay, so we're, what is it called when, when, when we have distended stomachs? Okay, we eat to Zuna. Okay, we don't have the foods that we need, but we can live something. It's not mashma that Yaakov felt that they, could, they wouldn't die and they would just become, um, you know, whatever the word is, malnutrition. He says, if time is zoo, so he quotes the famous Jewess Achiezer. Person, the doctor is telling him that if he doesn't have this operation, he'll, he'll die within a few months. But the operation is itself dangerous. But if the operation is a success, so, so in other words, that's really the question. That's the machlok is Yaakov and Yehuda. Yaakov is holds this. I know that this is starvation. I don't know how long we're going to be able to live. But going there is a guy with a knife. A guy, right? Yaakov held. Yaakov would hold this Mahalikas that, hey, I'm not going to endanger myself by this doctor. This is not 100%. If this operation works, I could live a normal life. So, but Yaakov says, but you're endangering yourself because if he, if he, you could die on the operating table, and that's it. What does a person do in that situation? Yaakov's saying the Bari is in Egypt. The Bari, the Bari is in Egypt. Yaakov is saying that the Bari Sakana is, is in Mitzrayim. Be, he, better, he might better, be a nice guy better. and he might not kill you, but we but there is a chance that going there will, I will lose Vinyamin and he might kill you all anyway by seeing you. Better we stay here, and even though it's true, uh, right? Uh, normally the way the status quo is, it looks like you know we might die in a couple months, but this is better than going to a place where you're being massacred yourself, similar to the guy in the operation. I understand Rav Steinman the other way. Yaakov is saying the Bari is, you're dealing with this this guy, whatever, this Shani Lamelech, whatever it is. He, he's, he's a Sakana. Here, we might survive. 
We might Hashem Yisbarach might might find some food for us or something. That just like just like a, just like a person yeah. who the doctors tell you are going to die, you never know. So Lamaisa, this lechora seems to be the debate about joining the Mohama of Arnav. We know that before Matas Yo gathered his troops and got his people around, there were others who, of course, were also shocked and terrorized by what the Seleucids had done, what the Greeks had done, and how the world had changed. And what they did was they went into caves, they ran away, and it's it's brought down in the Sefer Hashemunayim and other places that they were, uh, that they refused to fight. They didn't fight. Some say it's because they didn't want to make Shabbos. But the idea of a revolt is not so simple. There were many who felt that a revolt is it's like going for the operation. In other words, going and, 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 and beginning to, to attack, especially when it's Rabbiyad Ma'at, we're talking about <coughs> such an incredible difference in terms of, 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 of the, the sides on, on each side. That's, you want your miracles to happen? Of course, the other side was, but Judaism might die. <laughs> the other side, yes. All right, you think you know some new king is going to happen? Some Alexander the Great's going to come? Some enlightened Melech? So really, this Machlekes was really the question about when Yehuda's Eitzah is really the Eitzah is really of what the the Machshava of Matisio was. Matisio was saying, if we let Judaism this way, we're going to have more korbanos like the people who refused to fight. The people who didn't want to take up arms felt. Okay, it's very difficult. It's a terrible zman, but if we go out there publicly, they're going to slaughter us all. Which again, I think, is a very nice parallel to the Nesan Like I said, can you fight? If you notice what I wrote, the first, the, the title of the first part of today's class was called Outlast, which is outside of the glass, obviously. The second one is the glass. It's, it's, it's from the Man of La Mancha, of course. The fight the unbeatable foe. Can you fight an unbeatable foe? Do you have a right? But what's the what's what's the alternative, right? The alternative is Lachora, the internal death that would happen, the internal death of, of ourselves as a people. So for that, even though by, so that's really this gets into yesterday last week's you can, you can tie this to the first half of your share. The the, the sakana of lighting outside. Hundred percent. You know. Right. Again. How, where do we when when do we go out there? But again, here it's a little bit different, Yankee. Here the point is is that they're in our we've got they're in our country. If we don't fight, then we're talking about a complete assimilation, a complete loss of who we are. So you're right. Maybe we can still <coughs> hang on. But Lachora, this is really the Shaila that happens. I'll tell you, Rav Steinman mentioned it's not here, but it's from what I sent you in the emails. Rav Steinman said to Beis Halevi. He was very close to the briskers. He said the Beisalevi was in a situation where he needed an operation, and he said, "You know what? I'm going to go with a non-Jewish doctor because he was worried that a Jewish doctor, although he was submitted to the operation, maybe this is sort of like ritzicha. This is sort of like asking. And again, not that you want a non-Jewish doctor to kill you, but he said, I'd rather that it should be the hands of a of a, of a non, because I'm not certain." I'm going to have the procedure, but I'm not certain if going to that vadai really is is, 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 is is completely proper. So therefore, he was mocked in. Most times, he looked for a Jewish doctor. 
but uh, the Beis HaLevi, who was, of course, the Rav Soloveitchik from Boston's uh, great-grandfather, uh, and this is the type of a series you only get from Rav Steinman. That's all. Okay, that's it, guys. So I think we did both. Uh, it should be a Freilich and Lichtig and Hanukkah. Say shit. I hope tonight. All right, take care. Uh,